Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast, where we are, of course, going to preview all the weekend's action. Royal Ascot well and truly behind us now. We've got loads to get stuck into this weekend. We're at Newcastle, we're at Newmarket, we're at the Curra. Loads of action, left, right and centre. Good horses too, to the fore. So we will kick on. Uh, let's do a very quick check-in with the boys before we do. Kevin Blake. How are you? I'm at Yarmouth tomorrow. I'm one of your, your, you're a breeder over there. Your Midnight Oasis two-year-old runs. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see how she goes. Hopefully she can step up from debut. Um, yeah. And yeah, you, you, you'll see her there. She, she's not very tall, but you'll, uh, you, you'll hopefully be able to see her out over the, out over the rails. Yeah, um, well, I, I will. I did think when I was doing my prep, I was like paddock inspection. I might not just focus in on the fact that she's a diddler, as Kevin told us already. Um, ah, but, but Vanessa, if size had anything to do with speed, a cow would outrun a rabbit. So don't worry about that. Oh, yeah. And I oh, wouldn't yeah. have finished third in the dad's race at sports day. <laughs> uh, be glad Dan. you finished that. There's, there's many a man that's run those dad's races that have done, done hamstrings and quads <laughs> and all sorts. So yeah, be yeah. glad you came out sound. It's a, it's <laughs> not, he's not mentioning the fact it was a free runner race. But... Yeah, it was. The <laughs> <laughs> dangerous competitive zone for Dan. Uh, TC, we have no three runner races to get stuck into this weekend. Loads of runners. Yeah, it's, it's a flat the season, Vanessa. We don't get three runner fields <laughs> on the flat, you see. <laughs> Steady, steady Do you remember when I went to <laughs> where was I when we had the two runner race with Prescott's? Oh, Foss Lass. Foss Lass. Oh, jeez, the bumper. Uh, T- yeah. TC, anything to report for me in terms of weather? Obviously, rain. We have had some rain. Yeah. Um, new market, July course. Uh, statistically, the most misleading going forecast in the world. <laughs> Um, they've been watering and they got 11 mil up until 9am this morning, recording this on Thursday afternoon, and it's now gone from good to firm to good to soft. Uh, so beautiful, but it's a draw, it's a dry forecast from here on in. So I think he's going to be as long as he doesn't water again on Friday night. I think <laughs> on, no, he might do, it's a dry forecast from here on in, so he, he could well do. Uh, work oh, on the basis of good stroke, good to firm at uh, Newmarket. All right, fine. We don't have to worry about any of that up at Newcastle. That is going to be our starting point. Northumberland Plate Day up there. Their big weekend of action. Uh, and we are going to kick off with the 1220, which is the six furlong handicap. It's a nice competitive class two event. Julie Camacho, obviously in the news post Shaquille winning at Royal Ascot, has Rati at the top of the market at five to two. Lethal Levi in there is at 11 to two. Tiger Crusade for David Simcock at six to one. Daniel, we're going to kick off with you. Please uh, send us away with a winner here to get us mm. started. Pace. Pace, eh? Um, pace. Pace. It might be from Lethal Levi, but there aren't... Normally in one of these races, you'll get... I mean, it's a sprint, isn't it? You'd normally get three or four that might want to go and attack, and not many of these have made the run. If you've raced prominently, Lethal Levi has, though. He got wiped out when I put him up at... Um, pretty much sealing what was a, an absolutely horrendous week at Ascot when he got hampered and lost all chance in the Woking go. But this is obviously a significantly lesser race. Um, he's going to be my first of two arrows. I'm trying to cover both angles. One, the fact that he could get a soft lead. And then the second angle being that often the pace can collapse here anyway because that stiff finish finds horses out. And I thought Soldier's Minute was the most interesting horse generally after the way he came home at York, had to switch right around the field, ended up on the far side. He was last two furlongs out. 
closed all the way to the line. He's always been a better all-weather horse. Admittedly, one run here on the all-weather, he, he finished last, but he was outclassed that day anyway in a chip chase stakes. Of 97, he's been second off 102 and one off a three-figure mark on, on the all-weather, so he's better in this discipline. He'll want a strong pace, and I'm hoping to have both avenues covered there. Lethal Levi, if he does a bit too much, I think Soldier's Minute might be the one to run him down. All right, Lethal Levi, 11-2 to for the Carbert Yard. Soldier's Minute for Keith Douglas is 8-1. to one. TC, if we're talking about pace, it's only right that we come to you. Do you have similar pace concerns in this? Uh, I've got five prominent racers, and I've got... And I've got the six animate as the most likely leader. So it's a very, very muddled pace map there. So I gave up trying to get an angle out of that. Um, and I have backed Ratia at four to one this morning. Fours is still in the marketplace, but those shrewdies at the Betfair Sportsbook are only going five to two. And I make them right. I think that's I think the five to two could well be the SP. Um, as we all know, form figures are important. Four, three, one, four. Wartia's form figures at Newcastle. Never been, yes. beaten than, never been beaten more than two lengths of this track. Won this race last year. Back to form in a, a headgear combo last time. Um, up three pounds, very fair. In fact, he was still a pound higher when winning this race last year. So if you want a solid horse in this race and one that might shorten, if you can get bigger than five to two, I think Ratia is your one. And a rare bet in a sprint handicap for me. Right handicap bet. Uh, you have forgotten the Wokingham TC. Wham bam, thank you, man. That's in the past, Daniel. We're only focusing <laughs> on the future. We're only focusing in on the future, which actually suits Daniel given the form that he's in. Blakey getting away very lightly there, top right of the zoom girl. <laughs> I don't know, right? I, I didn't know about it. Was the last game two halves, and the second half was all right. Mine like, was two halves, shite and shite. Uh, Kev, you were making some encouraging noises there about Rati. Uh, yeah, uh, I lo love an encouraging noise, too? I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Um, yeah, right. Come to the wrong place me. here then. <laughs> Ratia for me. Um, Tony's listed out his, his, his form figures there at Newcastle. I won't repeat them. I'll just repeat his form figures over course and distance. One. <laughs> That's it. One, one go, one win. Um, he's a better horse over six for me. Um, trainer seems to be mighty form. Uh, connections, uh, same connections of Shaquille, obviously. And look, I, I, I think probably on figures, we'll probably need a career best here, but, but I can see it coming. Um, I can see it coming. Seems to love Newcastle in general, unexposed over this trip at Newcastle. And um, yeah, I could see there was run-to-run -run improvement from first run to second this season, and I'm anticipating more run-to-run -run improvement. So Ratia for me, right um, run style, given the pace map, and he'll do it for me. KB extension, form figures in this race. Uno. One. Go. Uh, obviously, we've got racing up and down the country on Saturday. We've also got rare horse racing on ITV on Sunday as well. And don't forget the Betfair offer. Have a £5 bet on horse racing multiples. Get a free £5 bet on horse racing multiples. Uh, bet five. Get five this weekend on Betfair with the Sportsbook. But please do that responsibly and please read the show's, tease and the show's description for the T's and C's, I should say very important that you read the description so you have the terms and conditions 
of that offer. Let's move on. Uh, Kev, I will stick with you here to 12.55 at Newcastle. It's the chip chase. It's the group three action. Brad the Brief makes his seasonal reappearance for Hugo Palmer. She Murphy booked his 7-2 co-favourite at the top of the market with Tiber Flow for the William Haggis Yard. Tom O'Conn booked 7-2, sorry, at the top of the market with Brad the Brief. And a horse type of flow that you, I think, were very keen on at one stage last season and just didn't quite progress, Kev. Yeah, he hit a couple of little bumps in the road, but um, I'm back with him here. Um, oh. He's back He's back to the all-weather, um, has, has a great record there. Um, won a couple of times in Newcastle and, and was just touched off by um, El Cabello, who's, who's no joke himself um, in the yeah. all-weather championships, um, you know, just over a year ago. Um Thought he might win at Haydock last time, but he bumped into to poor old Creative Force, who like look is a, was was a proper Group One horse, and um, he he turned up in great Nick that day and went and ultimately, uh, you know, made all small field one, um, and Tiber Flow, you know, get I think getting back on the surface will be a big help now. Um, he seemed to particularly enjoy an artificial surface when he was back running on it with um with some regularity and yeah look I think that that run was a, was it was a bit of a step forward from his return when he was very you'll recall I think I put him up on his return he was very weak in the betting that day and he ran grand but shaped as though he was in need of the run so I'm hoping um his most recent run will tighten him up again but the, the main angle is returning to the surface which I think suits him really well and he has the right run style here as well so. And Tiber Flow for me. Lovely, lovely. Tiber Flow 7-2 for the William Haggis Yard. Um, judicial's in here, Dan. Mm. Obviously won the race, is it three years ago now, I think? An 11-year-old now, 12-1 to an each-way price maybe, off the back of a break. The old boy's still going strong, any chance? Yeah, I don't think you'd have necessarily each-way uh, vibes, given the absence. I mean... What a, what a tremendous horse he's been. He's more than three times the age of a couple yeah. of these, aged 11. So he's been a smasher, but first time out's a big ask at his age. Maybe you could say the same about against Brad the Brief, who was an impressive winner first time out last season. In hindsight, I don't think the form worked out particularly well. Two of these have run against each other recently. Mount Athos and Spycatcher went head-to-head on Mount Athos's return and Spycatcher's return. On Spycatcher's return, Mount Athos's second run of the season. At Thirsk on terrible ground a couple of months back now. Mount Athos hasn't been seen since. They've operated on his wind. Um, he looked a, a real coming force when he, he was hacking up at Kempton and completed a hat-trick on his return. But he's got one way of going, it seems, at this stage. And I wonder if he might just end up setting it up for Spycatcher, the old rival who got the favoured rail at Thirst, but he definitely wasn't flatter because he's since come out and finished fourth in a Victoria Cup, which is one of the strongest handicaps of the season. But they, they should be pace on here because Brad the Brief is at his best ridden forward and Mount Athos likewise. Just don't think there'll be enough pace to bring Witch Hunter into it who had that perfect storm in causing the big shock at Royal Ascot last week. So Spycatcher for me. Spy catcher for Dan. What about UTC? Agreeing with any of the boys? Spy catcher currently four to one, third best in the market for Dan, by the way. Or are you throwing another dart at the board here? No, I'm, I would be Kev Tiber Flow. Obviously, only yeah. a short head away of a short head away from being unbeaten. Three starts at the track, two solid runs. It's just a more solid option than Brad Debris. Brad Debris, more talented horse, uh, unpenalized for the Group Two win. But, you know, how straight is he going to be for his comeback run? No, um, 
won't be having a bet in the race at the current prices. Although I think seven to two is fair enough for Tiber Flow, but it's not it's not big enough to get me uh, involved. All right, let's stick with you then, TC, for the Northumberland Vars, the consolation race for the Northumberland Plate over the two miles and half of Furlong and blow your horn on the four-timer bid is your seven to two market leader currently. Uh, for the Ian Williams Yard has a seven-pound penalty. Appier is next at nine to two with a five-pound penalty for him following on from a win when we last saw him. Uh, Thermoscope in there at sixes for Keith Dalgleish, Citizen General as well at Dunlop eights. Uh, mostly sunny is eight to one as well. There's just rattled off the top few, but obviously we've got 14 here to play with. Um, yeah, TC, let's come to you first. Horse yeah. at the top there having to overcome these penalties. You found something at a bigger price? Um, first thing to say is four places in here, uh, getting an extra place. Uh, I was gutted that Appiah missed the cut by two in, in the main race because I stuck him up at 66s uh, on <sighs> on Monday and he backed all the way into 20s, but he just missed it by two, which is annoying. And now he comes here in the Vars, uh, nine to two second favourite. So, I mean, he was never going to be missing the market after after being back during the week. So, yeah, I'd probably still back Appiah. Um, I'll probably back him win only in ex- on the exchange because there is a... Uh, a stamina doubt about him, but you mentioned Apio comes here under a penalty. He's actually two pound well in because the handicapper put him up seven pounds for that win last time, and it was a dominant win, a career best at Lingfield. Um, really eye catching win there. Um, the angle with him against him, you know, is a trip. He's improving over two miles, but I had to go went back and had a look at his two runs over a mile six. Uh, all his best forms over a mile four, and he wasn't stopping over a mile six. Um, so I. I think if he stays, he's a massive, massive player. I have to keep him on side. But I had another fresh look at the race today, uh, and I've been back in mostly sunny uh, in the uh, this morning. I backed him at 12s, 11s, and 10s. Uh, I think the Sportsbook at 8s, uh, four places, which I'll probably, if it's still there when I do my uh, written column, I think I might uh, stick him up there. The angle with him is he's only a pound higher than winning here in November. Uh, he, he, and that was by nearly three lengths back to form last time at Goodwood he's another horse that's a pound well in and Heather Main's really interesting she's, she's she's well known for kind of like big price winners but she's free from nine uh, since June the 16th which is very good for a small stable and she's got a brilliant well for her uh, and for anybody really uh, but given this given the strength of the stable she's got an 18% strike rate at Newcastle's all weather track so Got sunshine. Say, mostly sunny is my main bet, but I will be having a little saver, a little bit disappointed on the price on Appio. So, but mostly sunny is my main selection. All right. And as TC has already said, he is currently eight to one with the sports book. Uh, what about you, Kev? What did you land on on the consolation race? Um, not a big view, but I do think that Hacienda is interesting. Um, Irish Raider, Matthew Smith, um, well in. Ran a very good race in listed company um, the other day. Um, fair play to Connections. Great job done. Um, got got um, got her some black type. Um, probably wasn't the strongest listed race, but look, it, it's it, it's one that you you can poke at a little bit. And they rode her differently to how they normally ride her. Um, when she was doing much of her winning last season, like she was bang up there in the van. But they've clearly just dropped in here and ridden for third to try and get the black type, and and they've duly got it. Um. But look, I think technically five pounds well in. Um, 
and I it looked drawn a little bit wide, but if they can get somewhat forward from that draw, like I think she's interesting. Like you, you can poke at it and say, wow, look, she's flattered, etc. But um, she was going the right way much of last season. It's not inconceivable that she could be coming forward still. And um, yeah, I, I thought La Hacienda was interesting. All right. Um, and Dan, final shout to you on the consolation race, please. Yeah, I think the, the lads make good cases for theirs. I'll throw in another, however. <laughs> Thermoscope was possibly the most interesting horse in the race, considering I know I'm allowed to say it was with Sheila Lavery, and I know it's been a lot of talk lately. Left Sheila, went to Brian Ellison, won, then left Brian. I don't know, oh, must be must be have itchy feet or something. Then went over to to join current trainer Keith Dalgleish, won by nine lengths at Musselburgh on his return, then ran in a silly four-runner race, won by a progressive horse anyway, La Pulga, who's since been placed off 87. He was off 82 that day. She was, sorry, I think she is, she, isn't she? Um, and that tactical affair just didn't suit Thermoscope. He might have bounced a bit as well off a big run first time out. I think 83 could be quite generous. I always associate Keith Dalgleish with who's outgoing, of course. I don't think he's going to be training for much longer. Um, mm. With these sorts of races, you know, these two-mile handicaps at Newcastle, because he has a lot of dual-purpose horses, thought Thermoscope was an interesting runner being targeted at a prize like this. I always associate Dalgleish with stupid ponytails. No, there's a, he's a, a ponytail. Great head of hair. Great head of hair. <laughs> yeah, great head. hair. envy, though. Well, if you've got hair, use it properly. Use <laughs> it properly is not a fucking ponytail, is it? <laughs> Pleasure of footballer. Um, let's move on, TC, to the real thing, the Northumberland play. This is a fascinating race. Host impressionist for the Haggis Yard is your 9-2 favourite currently. Adjuvant in there at 6-1, to one, both of them with similar profiles in the sense of obviously stepping up in trip to this distance. Uh, Post impressionist, we haven't seen him all season. He's jumping out of stall 19 and he comes here making his yearly debut. And as I say, stepping up in trip. You've then got the likes of Golden Rules in there. Uh, Zoffi, who's been so consistent seven to one for Hugo Palmer omniscient in there for the Prescott team eights can't avoid a horse like that just with this unknown profile again stepping massively up in trip off a break those are just the top few in the market TC all with fascinating profiles for me how do you see this race panning out uh, well I tipped adjuvant at tens on Monday and I'll be sticking with him and I think the six to one six places for the sports book is still very, very fair. Um, currently about 8.4 on the exchange. So I might go in again each way and win only on the exchange. The angle with him is, is it's just the step up to two miles. Looks absolutely certain to suit. Um, all his, his run saw when we over a mile six last time was suggested that, as did his third in the uh, Melrose last year, just coming back from all at the line there. That's incredibly strong handicap form. We know he's second to HMS president prior to his recent win. Uh, he's very strong. He's a pound well in here. Um, yeah, I think he must go well. The only danger is he's never run at Newcastle before and he's never run on the all-weather. Michael Bell says he's not bothered about it, but if he was that bothered about it, why would he have taken the horse to Chelmsford for a, um, a race course gallop there? So it must be a doubt in his mind. Uh, it's a doubt in my mind. That's the only doubt I've got against him. Um, as is the fact that Bell's only 6% strike rate at Newcastle's or weather. So um, 
I like horses with proven Newcastle form. That's the only negative I can put against the horse, but he's got so many positives going for him up to two miles that I have to be with him. I'm saying loyal to Adjibant. Wrong view at the top of the market or near the top of the market for TC, yeah. uh, six to one, second was... best currently. Dan, a um, couple of horses coming here off the back of good runs at Royal Ascot. Do you have any interest in any of them? Obviously, the aforementioned Zoffy, but also calling the win for the Richard mm. Hughes yard. I mean, I, I love this race, but I'm very same. <laughs> same, really. I mean, it's, it's wide open. I do agree with Tony that Adjuvant is a a real coming force on this scene. And Lockman's back on. He was second on this horse to HMS President, who certainly didn't let that form down at Royal Ascot. He ran an, he undoubtedly a personal best, even. I mean, he's only second start for Alan King, but he's obviously taken a big upturn. So totally see that. I don't want to lose on the race if he wins. You know, I'm a massive fan of post-impressionist from last year, even though he was tempting me in all the time. And he, he looks like he'll stay any trip, but 19... Drawn 19, first time back, a horse who can race a bit lazily. That that could go wrong, couldn't it? So um I'll I'll play adjuvant small at the front end win only, but I'm going back to an old an old favorite of everybody's good old Rajinski. He's running this race three oh. times, third and fourth on the last two of them. I know he's higher in the weights nowadays, but he deserves to be. Uh, yes, Trusham isn't what he was. He, he chinned him in that Nottingham race and a big head-to-head -head between the pair. But just such a likeable horse. They're claiming off him as top weight. Connor Planis is taking off five when it's been Davis claiming just three. Ran another sound race in the Chester Cup. That ties him in with horses like Colin the Wind, Laura the Sea, Zoffy as well, a couple of whom are shorter than him. So with six places on offer, I don't think you'll go far wrong with him. Probably got too much weight, but I think he'll be thereabouts. I've got him down as one of three pace angles in the race, along with matchless and golden rules. So that's just on that. That's one thing I wanted to add with him, actually, that when he ran so well in the race last year, he was drawn in the car park. He was in 16. He's got four this time. So he won't have to put any much of a shift in to get a position. That's that's one possible plus as well. Rajinsky currently 16. Nice bigger price shout. For Dan and also on the adjuvant train. Kevin, are you sharing Dan's concerns in regards to post-impressionist, the trip, the break, the draw? Draw would be the main one. I've been a small bit scuppered here, Vanessa. When I did this race, I was planning on selecting um, second slip. And when I've refreshed the page there, just as we started to talk about it, he's already in as a non-runner, so I don't know what's ah. happened there. Um, but that's me slightly scuppered. Um, so I'll have to revisit, but I strongly suspect I'll end up with, with Azurvant. Um, but I, I won't go on anymore now because I haven't um, I haven't hammered him down fully, but TC made the case eloquently. Lovely, lovely. A late not an early non-runner, sorry for Kevin Blake there. Let's move on to Newmarket then, Kev. I will stick with you. Uh, we've got a few races to take from there and competitive good races too, in fairness. We will start off with the Empress Philly Stakes. It's the listed race. It's over the six furlongs. Star of Mystery is your five to four favourite, having her third start here off the back of winning when we last saw her. What a question is four to one. Indispensable has a bit more experience for the Haggis Yard as sixes. Point of attack in there for, at 10 to one for John and Thady Gosden. Um this is nice horses in here. Lots of unknowns, as you would expect for a race like this. But it's the Godolphin horse at the top of the market. Is that right? And a strong um, in that strong position. Uh, uh, not the right favourite, but she's short now. Short yeah. in a race full of full of promising fillies that you know aren't the easiest to put your finger on. 
um, impressive last time, clearly. But God, I thought about a question was very impressive first time. Um, was clearly expected, went off Fav, um, Goodwood, six furlongs. You'd say, God, Luke de Vega out of a out of a new approach mare, that's surely gonna be a bit sharp, but um nothing like it. Um she's clearly um certainly more precocious and faster than her pedigree would suggest she should be. Um and she was really good. And um, God, she was very strong, um, lots to like about it. Um, if there is a little bit of an ease into a new market, depends what the weather is doing, but I don't, I wouldn't be worried about that at all. And look, if it, if it ends up being good to firm, that's fine too. That's what it was at Goodwood. Um, but yeah, like God, I'd be surprised if they didn't get closer together in price now, um, between now and then. Um, see, I, I thought I was quite impressed by what a question and I could see her stepping up nicely again. All right. Uh, TC, do you share the same views that Star of Mystery, worthy favorite, but too short at five to four? Yeah, uh, massively. I, literally, Kevin said word for word what I was going to say. I mean, I, as soon as I saw that horse at five to four, I went straight on the exchange looking to get to the front of the queue. She's now 2.48. You can see her going off at two to one or something like that. So if I can get her in the can at around six, seven to four, I'm quite happy to have the field running for me. What a question would be my, the most obvious one against him. Very good uh, uh, against her. Very good time at Goodwood. Uh, fascinating that... Um, William Haggis runs um, a yeah. red XC in Excel, um, first time up. Um, yeah, the dam was 100 plus rated. Um, you know, bred to be, well, you wouldn't be dismissive about Haggis running the first time up. And um, I'm quite hoping it wins because I'd like to see Steve Parkin uh, uh, interviewed about his recent exploits with PPE and the like. Yeah. Right. Currently, Rare Jewel is currently 25s, making her debut here for the Haggis Yard. That's uh, honestly, that which, it could be 100. Yeah, could, definitely. Could be two to one, but no way would I be would I be offering someone. Like, that's the kind of horse I'd stick in at sixes, come what may. Yeah. Dan, yeah, I, I'd say the set. Yeah, just I don't know what price I would make him, but I don't think I'd be in that 25 to one range. As Tony says, SP could has wild upside or potential downside, high floor, low ceiling sort of thing. But I mean, Haggis debutant in a race like this, she I think it's Cal Burke gets first dibs on a lot of the breezes, but this one isn't a breeze. It's out of a mare. I think Clipper Logistics owned. It was with O'Meara who was yeah. a famous queen. They yeah, they they yeah. own the dam. She yeah. was she was swift. And then you've got point of attack. Goza's um Gozza's calling the others wankers again, isn't he? He's got he's got the big dice out straight into a group race, or a listed race, sorry, with a horse who was beaten in a maiden at Linkfield. And we know how his his ballsy approach paid off last week. So they'd be two to toy with at bigger prices. But yeah, I, I generally share the same view that no interest in that fav at that price, particularly after what has been a below par week for the for the operation. In sport, what's just as important as the goals, the glory, the roar of the crowd? Yes, it's the half-time break. Time for a breather, a reset to keep everything on track. In sports betting, Betfair's safer gambling tools help you do that too. Like timeouts, so you take that all-important half-time break. Or deposit limits to help you keep count. Manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with Betfair. 18 plus begambleaware.org. Really has, and we can stick with that team as we roll on to the 115, which is the Fred Archer stakes over the one mile four. And um, 
TC, I'll come to you here because I think it was you who, who spoke very fondly of New London when he won at this track last year. Yeah. Obviously, we haven't seen him since his run in at Doncaster at uh, the back end of last year in the St. Ledger itself, where he finished second that day. Um, he's your even money favourite here. But given the concerns about A, the yard, but B, the wind surgery, the tongue tie, the time off the track, loads of questions here. But then he's taking on Al-Azi, who we haven't seen in over a year and a half now, or like, yeah, I mean, it's a long time, isn't it, since we saw El Arzi for the Haggis Yard. He's two to one making his reappearance in here. We know he's a class act, but what is he going to be with all this time off the track? Yeah. Kamari's in there again for the Apple team, 11 to two. Those are your main few in my top three in the market. And I just, this is so tricky for me because we have so many question marks about New London and El Arzi. Yeah, yeah it, it is because. We know New London's the best horse in the race, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be bothered by the, uh, the Appleby stable form outside of Ascot. He's got a respectable near twenty five percent strike rate, um, even with Ascot factored in. So that wouldn't bother me. What the bother would bother me the absence, the wind up, the tongue tie, um, yeah. and not least the price, and not least the opposition. You can make a case for all four uh, at their respective prices. Alars is. Very, very talented on his day. And New London's also got a £5 penalty. al is very talented on his day. Kamari could get the run of the race. Uh, the other pace angle, Outbox, actually won this race a couple of years ago. And I quite like Phantom Flight stepping up to a mile four. Um, oh. Currently 2.12 on the exchange, New London. If I could probably lay him at five to four and have the field running for me at four to five, that's probably the way I'd play this. I'm hoping he's probably... I hope he runs like a hurricane lane first time out after all these issues and may not be cherry ripe with maybe group one prizes down the line. But yeah, if, if you if I got a chance to lay at five to four and have the field running at four to five, that's why I don't play it. I thought it's a, a trickier race than the early market suggests. Yeah, tricky and trappy, Kev, because of all the things that TC's just said. Uh, so as a result, do you have a strong view on it? Who's the most likely winner? No, but look, if he if he's ready, like Alazi, I'd nearly have five over New London. Um, at, at these at these weights, like Alazi's a talented old devil. Like I know he got he was kind of a a subject of um of ridicule there a couple of years ago when he'd come there traveling and oh. not always not not always produced what seemed likely. But um, yeah. I I I like the horse. I think he's very talented. Like you look back through his peak efforts, like and geez, he, he's just a very good horse. Um and like I think he he ended up looking a bit better um, post gelding. It took him a couple of runs for it to happen, but um, when he made the the winning return last year, like he looked quite straightforward by his standards. So um, look, he's had another big absence. One assumes something's gone wrong along the way. The betting will be a big guide, and it, look, that counts for the front too. So it's probably one really to sit and watch the market. And then make make your decisions then, because otherwise you're involved in, in a bit of a high class guessing game with the with the front two. No better man for a high class guessing game than Dan Barber, though, is there? Really, let's be honest. Go on, I'm Dan. Sure, I'm not sure about the high class part of that. Um, <laughs> she having another dig there, Dan? Do you reckon? Yeah, probably. It's basically abuse, isn't it? Um, <laughs> hey, John. Hey, John. Hey, John. Good job. We've been friends for so many years, me and Vanessa. Um, yeah, some someone in boxing parlance, someone's always got to go here because New London has won his 
first time out in both his seasons of racing. Alazi's won first time out in his last two. And yeah, real interesting clash between the pair of them. But I thought Tony might be going the same way. In the end, he just ended up putting up a lay. But I do think that is an angle phantom flight going up to mile and a half. The dam went over a mile and a half. The half brothers won a mile and a half. He got going late on at Goodwood. Look, that's a listed race won by King of Conquest, who's got some sound form. Francesco Clemente bombed out at Ascot, but we know is a promising animal. It's not of the level of form that New London and Alazi boast, but he's getting three and five respectively in terms of pounds. He's fit, he's in form, he's got no question marks over where he's been and why he's been off. Um, he just looked fairly... Like he could be a bit of a shortener, couldn't he? As Kev says, this is likely to be a very lively market. I'd be very surprised if both New London and Alazi were both strong and the rest just took walks. That feels unlikely. You'd imagine with their profiles that one of them will drift, and I can see Phantom Flight shortening. All right, Phantom Flight currently 10s for James Horton Yard. Uh, Dan, let's stick with you for the next at Newmarket. Uh, the Criterion stakes over the seven furlongs, and we're talking about Alazi off the break, and then it's Haggis again with another horse off an equally long break, almost exactly the same. Aldari this time around, who's seven to four at the top of this market, having not been seen for that long time. But obviously when we did last see him, he was notching up three on the bounce. Um, but he's just very lightly raced. He just had the one start last season and then it all went Pete Tong and he's taking on some old favourites in Pogo at five to two. Berkshire Shadow is in there. Jumby as well comes back here nine to two. He was last seen winning at uh, Haydock. Um, so we've got some consistent types in here. But the market dominated Dan by an inconsistent type in terms of his profile. When he gets to the track, he's pretty good. Yeah, I think I do think he's an extremely good horse, this. And I don't think, all things being equal, Jumbi can give him three pounds. I mean, Jumbi's one of those... I remember when I was get, first getting into racing, it was one of the first things you learned about these seven furlong specialists that not quite are the best at a mile and six is a bit too sharp. Jumbi's definitely in the category of Hungerford winner, John O'Gart winner, He'll run another sound race under optimum conditions, but I do think it's a question of well-being, isn't it? That's I think that's what it rests on. If Aldari is right, I think he'll kick these out though out of his way. I think he's an extremely good horse with a a pretty impeccable record fresh as well. So I know not all absences are equal, and this is one of them, the longer ones that would be of some concern, 14 months or so. But this horse has got such a such an engine and such a turn of pace that if he's right, I just think he's going to end up winning. Now, a fair bit might rest on Pogo because they're used to riding from the front all the time and he won this mm. race last season doing that, but suddenly they reverted to patient tactics. It may be a, a coup of all time and they've been just getting him ready for this to, mm -hmm. to win it again. But Wouldn't surprise uh, me at all. Yeah, you've got audience, Pogo could blast off, in which case Aldari have more hope of settling off a layoff and... I think his class will tell later. Um... TC, does that mean you're taking on Aldari here? Well, I think the ground's going to be crucial here. Uh, now, it's currently good to soft when we're recording, but it is a drying couple of days. Um, I think they'll Aldari, they'll be they, they're keeping him away from fast ground. Uh, but Pogo wants good or faster ground. So that could be the key here. Um, as Dan said, I think Pogo, I think they have to revert to front-running tactics here. What they've been doing with this horse in three starts this year, I do not know. All his best forms when he goes from the front. Winning this race last year, beating Sacred in the Challenge Stakes, 
Um, and yeah, if he goes from the front here, um, then I think he could be very, very hard to catch. Now, there is audiences in here as well, which could be the spoiler um, that has gone from the front, but he's not at Pogo's level. If Pogo goes to the front here, I think the sportsbook have got this right. They're five to two, Pogo. Um, Pogo's 130 in the wider marketplace at the moment. Uh, yeah, if they do the right thing, it might, it might be wait, worth waiting and see what they do with Pogo. If they jump from the front, I'd, he might as well be just waiting back him at two straight after he jumps and goes to the front rather than maybe a point bigger on the exchange now. But yeah, if they ride Pogo like they should do, or like the form book said they should do, uh, he could be hard to catch here, providing audience doesn't really pester him. To uh, Kev, Aldari, just the class act in here. Do you expect him to be ready on this ground, given what TC's just said there? Yeah, it should look a bit of a guessing game again. Like, but like Aldari is a horse I loved when he was last knocking around. Like, I thought he was going to be a big, potentially like a big factor in Group One's over a mile after he made that return last year, uh, and we just did. He was entered a bunch of times, but we just never got to see him. Um, so it's a bit concerning, and the market will guide again. And look, sure, maybe if it does dry out, we mightn't even get to see him. But he he he's a talented devil now. What, what he did to good horses there um last year was something. And in, in like really high class handicaps of big weights at the back end of, of 2021, like he, he like he, he's got the potential to be a proper group one horse. So if he were to line up and the market said, hey, ho, he's ready to rumble, then he's going to take whacking. But look at the price he is now. I think you have to sit and wait. Um, on a couple of fronts um, until a little bit closer to the time before you pull Z-trigger, as they say. All right. Um, before we move on, we're going to have a quick look at some of the racing at the Curragh on Sunday. Obviously, Irish Derby weekend. It'd be remiss of us not to talk about that. We will get to that in due course. But TC, before we leave Saturday behind, uh, Ryan Moore, obviously strong book of rides on Saturday at the Curragh, including in the feature race, the Pretty Polly aboard above the curve. Um, what do you have to tell us from insight from Ryan, please? Um, yeah, he'll be up very early on Friday, I would imagine, um, on betting.betfair. He was, he's got obviously got a ridiculously strong book of rides. Matrika's out again. Um, uh, very interesting debutant in the first city of Troy, who was due to make his debut, uh, in the, in the maiden that's unquestionable one, uh, last month got pulled out, uh, on the day. Uh, obviously they think quite a bit of that, um, I don't think he gave a monkey, so he, he rode in the pretty poly above the curve, all never-ending story. Um, he's on above the curve, and that pretty poly, it, there's not a filly in there with or mare in there with a real big group one figure, but it's a real fascinating race and it's quite deep. So I'll be interested in seeing that. And I'll be in, we haven't got any prices, um, so I won't really rattle on too much, but I'm quite interested to see what price Northumberland is priced up in the two-mile handicap. Didn't get any kind of racing. Really Newfoundland. Up. Newfoundland, sorry. Um, didn't get any kind of racing over a mile six at the car last time. Uh, I think the step up to two miles will suit. Maybe the first time she will help us all. It's a kind of horse with a profile that probably won't be missed in the market. So who knows? But I just thought, just go and read his column. He's, um, his columns are quite good this year. He's, he's, he's very open, very open and honest this year, more so than maybe in previous seasons. So yeah, go and take a read of that. Really yeah, Vanessa, we, be, we better highlight Alrifa coming back in the international yeah. stakes. Um, yeah. That that's super. That's super exciting. Um, like like he he could be a real one. We're going to see him in the parade ring if you're there. 
Monster um, alert! He, Monster alert! Yeah, he 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 looks a bit different. Um, and look, it was a real kick in the, the you know what now that he didn't make the Irish guineas, and this is kind of a, a lighter target on his way back from that hold up. So, um, no one's expecting him to be cherry ripe, but um, and even carrying a Group One penalty here now, yeah, I think everyone's really excited to see him back. Brilliant, brilliant, and above the curve. Any do you want to add anything for her? No, no, I just I wish she'd, she'd a better draw. Um, nine runners, but just nine of nine is just a bit of a pain in the arse. Um, she showed tactical versatility last time, made the running in France. It seemed to suit her really well. Um, don't see buckets of pace here now at a preliminary look, but um, anywhere bar nine would have been better than nine. Um, so that's a bit of a pain. But look, no better man on top. Um, he's won on her before, Ryan has. So uh, just a really exciting filly. Like, again, she's worth a peek in the Prairie ring as well. I'm sure plenty of people would have seen her through the course of last year. Like, she's she's a big, scopey girl. And um, she can surely only get better. And she looked better than ever last time um, at St. Clue. So hopefully she can follow up here again and get um, get a very important Group 1 win. The, uh, a Group 1 win, Vanessa, because um, each one of those are, are extremely important no matter who gets them. And she looks to have a good chance of getting one on Saturday. Absolutely. Um, let's matter if, you, if you're a dual Group 1 winner as opposed to just a single Group 1 winner, because obviously she's already won this present Ellery, isn't she? Yeah. Oh, no, just, just in general. In general, you know, for, for a season, whether you're a trainer or what have you, just Group 1 wins are a hard got. So... Um, you know, they're very important. So, yeah, it'd be, be great to get one on Saturday. No one's not taking a great one win. Um, Kev, let's stick with you for Sunday. Obviously, not entirely without betting. We don't know what's really running, but we've obviously got the Irish Derby to focus in on. But we kick off the Curricard with the railway stakes. Do you want to just rattle off a few talking points? We've got horses in here, obviously, from Ascot, if they show up. Quick turnarounds for them, but obviously a few less exposed types as well. Um, what do you want to flag up in this? Yeah, Dex will be interesting because there's a bunch of Ascot horses, as you mentioned, including the Norfolk winner, um, yeah. Valiant Force, and a few others that will clearly be massive players if they're decked up, if it's deemed not to be coming too soon. I'd flag Unquestionable um, because I mentioned him a few times in the lead up to Ascot. He didn't run in the end. He wasn't declared in the Coventry. Um, they left it to River Tiber, who did the job, and this is his This is his job now. Um, big talk about this fella from before he ran. Um, beaten in a listed race first time, very green, um, wet and won a condition, uh, sorry, maiden at the car last time, um, wouldn't have done much on the clock now. They kind of crawled and sprinted and he won very well, but um, this will be more like it as a test for him. And yeah, I keep an eye on him now. I'd say he could be very nice. And then moving on to the dash stakes um, over the six furlongs, obviously. Do we've got a couple of UK horses here? You're always flagging up UK horses over in Ireland in these sprints. One of them's Comanche Falls for the Michael Dodds operation, and also an unexposed type of James Ferguson's as well, and Alpha Zulu. Uh, any interest in anything in there or anything else you want to flag up elsewhere? Yeah, uh, Tango Flair is interesting in the sprint. Like he, he's really marching forward for Pat Foley. Um, the breeder, the breeder is um, he, he produces stock that kind of. Uh, our later developers um, and he looks to be one of those for sure so keep an eye on him Mooniista is likely to run for Joseph um, oh. last run she'll be, she'll be going down to um, she'll be going down to Australia for her second career after this so um, she just it was a funny old king stand like they, they didn't go quick for a king stand 
and they, they they sprinted at the end of a sprint, if you know what I mean, whereas she wants an end-to-end over five. So hopefully this test will be a bit more to her liking and it will certainly be, uh, you know, a, a lower a drop in class. So hopefully she can finish up on a high there. Um, now, you mentioned English sprinters. Yeah, that that will be the key for the Rockingham you know, these are yeah. the races that, that the English in particular have been, just been absolutely deadly in for kind of well over a decade. It'll just be a case of um, of picking the right one. Uh, I don't, I won't go into it too much pre-declarations, but um, Came from the Dark is one that would, would be jumping off the page for me now. He He's just off such a dangerous looking mark, um, um, you know, unexposed in Ireland, as they say. And if he's decked and gets a decent draw, he'd be interesting. And uh, and then the big one, Vanessa, the big one, um, massive result for the Irish Derby. The three of the first four uh, from Epson are coming here. Like the Irish Derby has been on Struggle Street a little bit for, for quite a while, as everyone knows, especially since France changed the distance of the pre jockey club. So everyone will be rejoicing that it looks to be um, like a high quality renewal. You've got a couple that didn't go to Epson that have uh, will have plenty of expectations attached to them. And Night to King, who not many of the the listeners slash viewers might be familiar with. Go watch the replay of his winning debut um, there about a month ago at Gore. Really impressive. Won a long way. Massive pedigree. Kingman, half-brother to Gaiath. Um, out of night time, who, Vanessa, is notable for being what? I know this. Dan, I know this. Tony, if you haven't switched off completely. I am. I'm so sorry. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I I know. No, I I'm normally asleep by 7 p.m. So I don't do that. I've got a dental appointment and I'm panicking about yeah. that. No, Galileo, I... Galileo's first group one winner. Um, oh, that wasn't Won the Irish 1,000 one guineas. Um, yeah, so a really good race. Up and under there for Joseph as well. Has been ru- running well in trials, but needs to step up, but could do over the longer trip. So, look... Will Gus throw down uphold the form? I suspect he will, but like both Spreewell and White Birch were better than the bare form at Epsom. Um, White Birch will be better suited by this track. He just needs to slap back in the Mickey, Mickey at the stalls and that'll um, help him. Dylan Brown McMonagall gets the ride, which is fantastic for him. And Spreewell might well have been second. Um, sorry, might well have been third. Um, but for getting boxed up at just the wrong time. Um, Shane Foley is back from injury, I believe. So he'll get a chance, another crack at that. Um, and yeah, can't wait. I can't wait. I'm there, Vanessa. Would you believe I'm working for ITV from the track, which is about, about, the, about the second time in the last five years I've got to work from an Irish track. So I'm super excited about that. The last time I was literally on a phone uh, recording myself from Turles at the beginning of the pandemic. So um, mm-hmm. brilliant to be to be back on track in a working capacity. Love it. Okay, that was a rattle through Sunday. Obviously, we are recording this on Thursday morning, hence why we're a bit unsure about what's going, what will show up. But hopefully, Kevin has set the scene nicely. TC or Dan Barber and Dan Barber, do you want to add anything to the Irish Derby chat specifically? Just very quickly, I I, yeah. I am considering after the decks maybe doing a reverse forecast, uh, Sprawl and White Birch, trying to get August Rodan beat. Oof. So On what basis? On what basis? Prices. Mm, okay. Prices. August Rodan, what, uh, just looking at sportsbook prices here. Two to seven. Two to seven. He's short, all right, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> just, just, just basically, you'd be led by prices. So, yeah, I, that's the kind of thing I'm, I'm, if I don't tip it, that's the kind of thing I'll do uh, personally, probably. Lovely. Um, before we move on, Dan, on to naps, anything that you want to add for Sunday? No, anyway. no, I think the lads have covered it very nicely. 
Beautiful, beautiful. All right. Well, let's do naps then, please. You can go anywhere, any of the tracks, any of the races we've discussed. TC, I will start with you. Your nap, please. Uh, I'm going to stay loyal to Adjuvant. In the oh, yeah. Very strong view like that. Committed. Dan, your nap. I appreciate the downside of backing one at a sharp price that's missed time, but I think Aldari will outclass them in the 150 if he's right, and I don't think 7-4 to four is a reflective price of that. I'd make him nearer even money. All right. And Kev, your nap, please. Ratia. Newcastle, first race. Lovely. Get everyone off to a flying start on Saturday. Love to see it. Uh, boys, thank you very much. As always, listeners and viewers out there, have a good weekend. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Have fun with it, but take care at the same time. Join us again on Monday, where we'll be back with Wade in, of course, and we're going to have so much to discuss from the weekend. Irish Derby weekend, Northumberland Plate weekend. Enjoy it, guys. It's a good vibe. Yeah.